Welcome to the Spark Pulse Podcast, hosted by Dr. Mawafa Hausa, where you can find the latest news on digital health, artificial intelligence, the future of healthcare, and more. Let's get right into today's scoop. Today, as we mentioned, AI is, is, is having a big impact on healthcare. It's impacting the way we do, the way we work. However, it's still in its hype stage, meaning that where there's lots of talk about it, there's implementation, little evaluation, uh, and we need to see more uh, uh, more meat to the hype, meaning we need to see some real action, some real, some real usage of AI, not just in a few places from early adopters, but we want to see it more mature where AI becomes like the electronic health record or like your phone, you don't even think about it, it's part of the way that work and that you do. And uh, I'd like to start with the uh, Dr. Uh, Zubair Shah. He's a colleague of mine. We do a lot of work together. He is uh, received his uh, master's degree in computing and systems and engineering uh, from Italy and a PhD uh, from the University of, of uh, New South Wales. He's a research fellow at the Institute of Health Innovation at Macquarie uh, University in Australia. His uh, field, and he, you know, he teaches me a lot. I always learn from Dr. Shaw many, many things about AI and big data analytics, and especially as applied to health informatics and digital health in general. His uh, area is um, health, especially surveillance, population level, and uh, he's especially with the coronavirus and the pandemic. I know Dr. Zaberi sent me another question, uh, but you can ask it uh, as you wish or, or respond to it. But I want to ask you a few questions here in the next few minutes. And, um, you know, our students today. Thank you very uh, much for uh, generous introduction. And sure, yes, I will be happy to answer your questions. Thank you, Dr. Shah. Thank you very much. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to ask you a few questions. And the first questions, you know, when we talk about the coronavirus and what's happening and AI, you know, people talking about cures, thinking about, you know, uh, looking at AI to cure, to diagnose, to di for diagnostics, for curing, for prediction. Tell us what's happening, Dr. Shah. Tell us what's happening. Sure. Thank you very much. Um, well, AI has the potential to help in all the stages of healthcare. For example, from syndromic uh, surveillance through to rapid diagnosis test and faster drug development. AI-based AI systems are already being deployed to diagnose coronavirus infection in China. For example, a system named Coronavirus Chest CT Smart Evaluation System, which is developed by Y2 Technology for Shanghai Public Health Clinic Center, can now diagnose the suspected cases within seconds. And AI may have also helped determine which patient should be prioritized for treatment. So machine learning methods can be trained to quickly learn which factors predict a high risk of mortality as well as the intervention and population level controls, uh, which led to reduce the harm. AI-based method incorporates genetic, biological, and envi environmental data could ultimately aid in the discovery of a cure for the coronavirus. So I hope AI has a lot of potentials in this area. It's helping and it will help further. So Dr. Shah, you know, when you talk about cure, 
And what do you mean by curing? Like, so right now we have, you know, the, the vaccine, uh, but what do you mean by curing? How could AI help in the cure, the cure or find the cure for the coronavirus? Explain that. Yeah, so basically uh, there are various ways of cure. Um, it helps uh, uh, faster uh, drug development uh, using AI. Uh, you can uh, do some repurposing drug, find various options. And also another angle is to reduce the harm. Uh, for example, using different kind of data, uh, you can find the um, factors that predict high risk of mortality and use some inter intervention, population level intervention that can lead to reduce the harm. Thank you. Uh, so, Dr. Shah, people talked about this concept of in silico screening. Why is this important in the case? Can you explain what that is and why yes, is it yes. about the coronavirus? Yeah, so, yeah, so in, in silico is a term that's commonly used to refer to uh, perform through computer simulation rather than as a part of biological experiment. So in silico screening, uh, uh, silico screening utilizes sophisticated computer modeling to simulate a biological experiment for medical analysis. Given the urgencies of situation due to the coronavirus outbreak, in silico screening has fast-tracked the testing of various strategies for identifying effective drug treatment options. So researchers are using computational models for repurposing drugs by studying the drug target interactions to recognize drugs that could act on viral proteins of COVID-19. So the drugs that target rel relatively generic parts of various coronaviruses could be extremely effective and recommended for testing through ran randomized control trials. So using these computer simulations, it can help to find various uh, drug options and test them uh, its effectiveness, of course, by uh, randomized control trials. So, uh, Dr. Shah, my next question uh, for you. So how can the techniques of AI and in silico screening be applied to vaccine development for COVID-19? Yes, so <laughs> in this difficult time of emergency, uh, each promising techniques, including AI and in silico screening, must be utilized to expedite the drug discovery struggle against COVID-19. AI can quickly search large databases for drugs already available in the market that can be used against coronaviruses or can assist in developing a new one in a short span of time. So in silico medicine, which is specialized in AI-based drug discovery and development use its AI power generative chemistry models to find hundreds of new drug-like compounds and molecules, which will be tested to ascertain their possible potentials as medication for treating coronavirus infections. Their model generated these molecule structures in few days, just like in four days. So they, they, they um, developed various options and then they started testing those options, which are like the highly effective options. So the scalability and speed of AI are crucial for accelerating the development of vaccines and drug trials. So Dr. you know, we talk about in silico, uh, you know, just if you can simplify it for students, like in two, one sentence, 
what is it? How is it relevant to them? If you don't mind. And yeah, that's so, the one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, the term in silico is basically just to refer perform through computer simulation. So previously, uh, when you want to test something, you have to do like a biological experiment. But now there are like a ways of simulating biological experiment. And these simulations are basically called like in silico screening or performing those uh, biological experiments on your computer. Thank you. That's that's clear. And so, you know, a few years ago, you know, big people talk about big data analytics and, you know, data warehousing and before and, and how big data analytics and, uh, you know, is going to revolutionize medicine. And now we're talking about now using AI to mine that data. So how does that both like work together, AI, big data analytics in relation to the recent Corona uh, virus outbreak and how can we prepare for the future? Now they're talking about mutation of this, of the coronavirus. Yeah. What can we do? How can we protect ourselves? What, how can AI help? Yeah, so modern technologies such as AI and big data analytics is going to be a very big giant firewall against disease outbreaks and epidemics due to its potential for rapid detection, screening, and diagnosis. For example, on October on December 31st, uh, 2019, a tech company specialized in AI-based infectious disease surveillance, uh, I think its, na its name is uh, Bluebell, identified the coronavirus outbreak in Wuhan hours after the earliest cases diagnosed by local hospitals, but far before an official announcement was made by Chinese authorities and the World Health Organization. The key to those technology was big data. They employed machine learning and NLP techniques to crawl data from thousands of sources such as social media, news sources, digital media, airline ticketing data, public health reports, and population demographics, process them, synthesize them, these data. They do this every 15 minutes to generate a consolidated reports when it comes to outbreak detection, AI-based models can be developed that typically require human experts to work tirelessly around the clock and with incredible speed. This is the real strength of AI-based uh, methods, making analysis more efficient and scalable, complementing and learning from human intelligence to support timely decision-making. As with coronavirus, AI is likely to play a crucial role in the early direction of future outbreaks to stop or limit spread and save lives. So I hope it's helping. It will help. Thank you. Uh, uh, very interesting and fascinating uh, information that you're giving. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the, uh, you're sharing your knowledge. And one, one area that people talk about, you know, and, you know, people criticize, talk about it. And I know you're an expert in this. With regards to social media, I know you've done a study on this social media and the coronavirus outbreak. What, you know, people question, can this be used for uh, benefit public health? Can it not? You know, people say, no, this is all, people put stuff on the internet. No one knows what's going on. Anyone puts anything. How can, how can uh, AI, social media, you know, how did it impact the coronavirus? And what, can, what did you do in that study that you talked, that you did? Yes, yes. So, 
Well, in this digital era, information, especially on social media, flows faster than the disease spreads. Although its uh, its data is noisy and biased, but important signals can be extracted from social media that are indicative of public health outcomes. So examples that are validated against outcome data include infectious diseases like influenza and even cardio cardiovascular mortality. Social media is basically a double-edged sword. While it can support rapid communication and surveillance, it is also used to disseminate fake news and misinformation. Social media can be used to spread rumors, persuade and manipulate the public opinion, cyberbullying leading to depression, anxiety, social isolation and suicide. Uh, an article that was published uh, in Science Journal investigated that the spread of true and false news and they found that <laughs> lies spread much faster than the truth. And rumors have a very significant effect on the society. For example, rumors of coronavirus have fueled panic buying in many countries as we identified in our, our early article, you know about it. A fake news spread fears of coronavirus in India. Many people who were exposed to social media posts that claim coronavirus was the result of failed bioweapon experiment may now start believing this conspiracy. A woman received treatment after eating 1.5 kg of garlic to avoid contraction of contracting the coronavirus. Another example is a small town in Ukraine was also turned apart by rumors of coronavirus leading to mass chaos during which nine police officers were injured and five people were officially charged and 25 were arrested for rebelling. So social media can play an important role as a source of data for detecting outbreak, but it but also in understanding public attitudes and behaviors during a crisis. And it can be used as a way to support crisis communication and health promotion messaging. So <laughs> this uh, social media has a lot of potentials. It can be used to detect outbreaks. It can be used to find people concerns, behaviors and attitudes, and it can be used to disseminate uh, messages that can promote health. So while it has two sides, it has a negative side, it has a positive side, but methods are developed to, uh, you know, counterbalance misinformation rumors. And I hope uh, with the with the latest technology such as big data and AI, uh, this social media data can be a huge source for detecting future outbreaks. Thank you, uh, Professor Shaw. I have one question. People talk about now. My analysts as well. People talk about you know narrow we're in the narrow intelligence. Talk about general intelligence and super intelligence. What do you feel? You know AI and specifically. Because we're, you know, in healthcare, we're laggards, we're always behind. What do you see the five or 10 years, specifically AI changing healthcare? What's your thoughts? What's your vision? What do you think? Sure. So, AI based systems are already being used in the diagnosis of several health conditions, including detecting lung cancer and strokes using CT scans, detecting liaison and skin images, 
evaluating risk of sudden cardiac death using cardiac MRI images and electrocardiograms and discovering indicators of diabetic retinopathy using eye images. In the future, we, we may witness much more than this, including fully autonomous health boards that can offer diagnosis and treatment ranging from prescription to surgeries. AI-powered diagnostic products are growing and becoming cheaper. Companies will install such systems in public places such as shopping malls, stadiums, and airports under the pay-per-use business model. For example, a company called Nanox uh, is a global company specialized in AI-based imaging system has already announced the mass deployment of its products. They have launched a digital X-ray device accompanied by AI-based software and, and offering it on a pay-per-scan business model. So with AI, big data technologies and advancement in computational powers, data from such systems with mass deployment accompanied by Internet of Things and social media data will give rise to a large-scale surveillance systems that can predict outbreak much faster, allowing better control, strategy formulation, resource allocations, and impact ma management, which will eventually make preventive healthcare a common practice. So to explain a little bit more about Nanox, this is a company. They, they are specialized in AI-based products. They have... Uh, used they have uh, announced that they will they are going to deploy their x-ray devices in big shopping malls and airports where you can go and scan your body and ai will automatically detect from that scan that you have these potential uh, you know uh, diseases or these are some of the the things that you probably have to consult your uh, doctor so you will just go in a small room and pay a little bit money and you will get your report. Uh, and this will be like uh, uh, in seconds. So you will be just passing through a, a, maybe a, a room and you will get your report by email or a message. So this kind of data will be collected and used by AI uh, to even, you know, uh, predict the, the, the outbreaks as well. So I think AI is going to revolutionize uh, healthcare and probably it will uh, make a preventive healthcare uh, a common practice in future. Thank you, uh, uh, Dr. Shah. And you remind me of funny, you know, that spending, I remember in Saudi, uh, when, you know, pre-AI, you go on a machine, you stand, it takes your weight, takes your height. And gives you BMI index, and you pay like uh, one real or two reals for that, and tells you BMI. So imagine, you know, <laughs> I can imagine this: this your scanning can be everywhere. You pay one, and it gives you this whole scanning. Thanks for tuning in today with our host, Dr. Mawafa Hausa. Remember, you heard it here first at the Spark Pulse Podcast. Over and out.